So over the, the last few weeks, probably about a month, we've been learning about the, the Holy Spirit, okay? uh, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit and His presence in our lives and His purpose in our lives as believers. So again, the Holy Spirit, uh, we believe, is the third person of the Trinity, the Trinity being God the Father, Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, is... Uh, is here with us on earth, right? He lives inside each and every believer that the moment that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that the moment that we genuinely believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and then his ascension into heaven, that, that we as believers, and then uh, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, first of all, as an inheritance of the promise of eternal life that is yet to come. And so that's, that's the first encounter that we as believers have with the Holy Spirit from the moment that we believe. And then there's another thing that happens to believers where, where, where we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is essentially the power of the Holy Spirit pours out upon us and fills us. And this is when we receive the, the anointing and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, the supernatural, miracle-working, wondrous, mighty power of God comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where, where, where He then and outworks his power and his giftings through us as believers as a testimony to Jesus here on earth. And, 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 and we spoke a couple of weeks ago because it was uh, Pentecost Sunday about how the, 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 the day and the moment that, that the, the Holy Spirit first came upon the, uh, the, the disciples and the apostles was the moment that the early church was born because that was the day that they received the power that Jesus had told them to wait for. And it wasn't until they received the power from heaven, the power of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit that they were then able to go forth and do the things that Jesus had instructed them and called them to do. So in the same way for us as believers, this is what we believe as Pentecostal Christians, that that there is only so much good we can do in our own natural strength, okay? And we can do good. We, we can help people. We can support people. We can pray. We can do all those things. But what the, what the earth needs and what our communities need it is not just us as good people, but they need the power of God at work through God's people to bring His presence and an understanding of who He is into their lives. So that's really what, what we've been talking about over the last little while. But we need this power of the Holy Spirit to come and transform us and equip us so that we can go and do the work that God has called us to do. And so over, you know, uh, this week, we've been having our, our church-wide fast, right, for, for six days, I think it worked out to be. And, and we were praying specifically for three things, seeking, seeking three things from God over the course of this week. And that was more of God's presence, more of God's plan, and more of God's power. So more of, more of the power of the Holy Spirit a deeper understanding of his plan for our lives individually and for us as Ignite Life Churches collectively and also just for more of his presence because i mean who who doesn't want more of the presence of god in their lives you know if man i, I if I could just sit in the presence of god all day every day and not worry about anything else that that would be that would just be the best right so so okay so we understand now then when we're talking about the, the power, I just want to go over this again a little bit. When we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, um, that the power is 
outworked through us. Okay, doesn't belong to us, but it's outworked through us. We don't become powerful. We are a conduit for the power to flow through. Okay, it, it's 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 not about us. It's always about Him. Okay, and so this is once we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when we're asking for more of His power, we are asking and believing for a greater outworking of His power, the supernatural power through our lives. Right? Uh, that 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 we would see God do more of the impossible in our lives and in our communities because that is the outworking of the power of God. And we read through Scripture, you read through the, the, the entirety of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, and it's, it's His power that changes things, right? It's never the power of any human being that, that God created. There's moments where He works through His people that He created, but it's God's power that achieves everything that is uh, seemingly impossible. He makes the impossible possible. And that's the power that we've been seeking and, and praying for. right? And again, when the Holy Spirit does these things through us, it's done as a testimony of the gospel of Jesus that will draw many to him. He doesn't just uh, do it wherever, whenever, for no reason. It's done as a testimony to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth of scripture so that people will come to know him. Right, you read through the the the, uh, the New Testament again, and and when it speaks of miracles and, and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it's it's not done very often uh, with just like one or two people. There's an abundance of people, or there's a crowd of people, and some of who don't know the truth. Right, and so the power is outpoured as a testimony of Jesus to those people. And I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit can't do things when it's just one or two people, because He does. But when we read through Scripture, that's what we see. It's done as a testimony to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth of who He is. So today, I want to I want to share with you guys one of the first things that I felt God showed me this this week. Um, both just went when I was praying with him and sitting with him. And it was one of the first things that I read in the word this week that really spoke out to me. And it's in regard to his plan, okay? The plan that, that, that we've been seeking him for. And uh, just honestly, it's not something mind-blowing. It's not breathtaking. It's not something that you probably haven't heard before. But this is just, it's quite simple. But this is what I really felt God just lay upon my heart this week. And I said the first thing I read in Scripture this week was, 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 was relating to this. And so part of the plan that I feel God is, is, is wanting us to, to, to understand is simply put it in His hands. That's, that's what I got. That was put it in his hands. Now, uh, I don't know whether you guys know, know basketball that much, but the first thing that, that came to my mind, or two things, when uh, put it in his hands was the plan. I, I started thinking about um, the, 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 the Chinese basketballer uh, Yao Ming. And so he played in the Olympics for the Chinese basketball team between uh, 2000 and 2008, so th- throughout three Olympics. And so he was, he's the tallest Chinese man ever. He's uh, seven foot six, which is 229 centimeters, like this tall lanky dude like like no one was as tall as this guy 
And so the, the, the plan, right, for the Chinese basketball team, because, uh, you know, they're not known to be uh, the, the tallest team in the world, right, was get it in his hands, right? Because if you get it in, in the hands of this seven foot six guy and no one can reach him, if you get it in his hands near the basket, he's going to get it in, right? That was their game plan. And, and um, uh, Space Jam, the movie, you know, my, one of my childhood movies, Michael Jordan, you know, the, the Looney Tunes are two points down with like 10 seconds to go and they, they have a, a meeting on the side and they're, they're working out the plan and Michael Jordan's just like, get me the ball, get me the ball. And, and so the, the, whole, the whole plan of the team in the final 10 seconds is get the ball to Michael Jordan because he's going to do something. It's like put it in his hands because something will, he, he will make something happen, right? And so all this stuff happens and then they get the ball to Michael Jordan and then he's at half court, you know, and he's jumping in the air and then he's being tackled by, by the whole uh, opposition team. But it's Looney Tune land, so anything can happen, and he just outstretches his hand from half court and drops it into the basket with like half a second to go, and they win, and so they're all safe. But right, the the plan was get it in his hands, because when it's in his hands, something's going to happen, right? Because he was the one with the the skill, he was the one with the power. Okay, get it in his hands. Simple, put it in his hands. But I, I really just just feel this strongly. Okay, but before, before I go too much more into that, I just want to briefly touch on the, the meaning or the, or the purpose of, of his plan because we need to understand things in, in, in context. Okay? So we know according to Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10 to 13, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So from this scripture, um, Paul's teaching that the battle that we face is not one against flesh. We, we, We don't fight against people. But our war is waged in the spiritual realm. This is why we need the, the, the whole uh, armor of God to protect us. Uh, okay? And so we understand that, it, that it's not a war based on the natural world and it's not based upon what we see. Right? The, sometimes people in the natural will come against us. But as believers, we need to look at that and understand what's going on behind that. Why is this person coming at us in the natural it's coming from the supernatural, but it's being outworked through someone to attack you at, at times. So uh, behind everything we face in each and every day, we fight a spiritual battle against the enemies of God. And, and even though the ultimate victory over death was, was won by Jesus on the cross um, uh, over death and sin, we still fight these battles as the enemy wants to take out as many as he possibly can uh, while he still can. So this picture of war gives us a greater understanding of the plan and, and why, we, why we need a plan. Because we're not just going through life, just each living our own lives, hoping for the best each day, trying to be a good person, trying to draw near to God, trying to do what we think might be right. We're not just going through each day, just doing whatever we, we, we feel is the right thing. But we need to connect with God and allow ourselves to be within his plan and his purpose for our lives because that's where the victory is. Anything outside of God's plan and and, and outside of God's purposes for our lives is often not going to result in victory for us 
because we're stepping outside of where the blessing is. We're stepping outside of, of where the power is. And if we're stepping outside of his plan, then we're not putting it in his hands. Okay, and, and so that we, we need to we need to grasp this that that that, that we, we we fight something that's bigger than any of us. Okay, it, it, it's it, it's far beyond even what we could begin to imagine right now. What's going on in the spiritual realm? Okay, and, and it's so easy to to not consider it when something goes wrong in our day or in our lives. Oh well, today is just a terrible day. But why? Because something's, we, we're, we're, something's happening because we, we're waging this war against the spiritual forces and the spiritual powers. And so this, this picture of war gives us a greater understanding of the plan and why we need to become aware of God's plan. And that it's a plan of action, that it requires boldness and bravery and trust in God as well as in those around us. Right? And we do need to be careful with this because... We are all human and we are all people. And as human and as flesh, uh, we all make mistakes. And so the, the truth is that most of the people in your life at one point or another are going to let you down in, in some way, right? It's probably not going to be intentional, but, but it, it'll, it'll probably happen, okay? But we still need to learn to be able to trust and rely on people around us, Okay? And, and, and that's a lot harder for some people than it is for others because we've all gone through different things, okay? We, we've all experienced uh, different traumas in our lives. And so for some people, it's really difficult to be able to trust. But it's something that, that we actually, we do need to learn to be able to do. And it's something that, that we should be able to do as Christian brothers and sisters is learn to trust and rely on each other, knowing that uh, we, we have each other's best intentions at heart, even though we're going to make mistakes sometimes. Right? I'm going to make mistakes, and, and you're all probably going to get annoyed at me sometimes, and, and I may say something wrong or, or do something wrong um, that, that might upset you or, or offend you. It's not my intention, okay? And I'm sorry if that's already happened. But, but we still need to learn to be able to, to, to trust each other. And rely on each other. And when I think about this, I get the uh, I think about like the uh, elite soldiers, right? The SAS, let's say for uh, a, a, a the Australian sake. So uh, with the SAS, obviously they are the best of the best. They're they they're, they're the they're physically the strongest. They're mentally the strongest. I, I mean, um, I've got a cousin who who used to be. Uh, in there, and, and, and a friend who, who went through the whole training process uh, twice, actually. Um, and, you know, there's stuff that they can't talk about, but you know, they can give you little bits of information. And so, the, the idea of the SAS training is to first of all physically break you. They, they they push them to the absolute limits that the body can handle, and even beyond sometimes. And then after that's not the, after that they try to mentally break them to see how, how mentally strong the, these, these men are, right? And so they put them in these situations that any regular person would just lose their minds in. But this is the kind of situations that they're being trained for, okay? So the, these men are the, the best of the best, physically strong, mentally strong. But even beyond that, even beyond looking for the, 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 phys- the, the physical and mentally strongest, 
they look for, and because selection, that like not many people make it in. The, the, the next thing that they look for in selection, beyond being, being physically and mentally strong, is, is those who work the best in a team environment. Because they understand that at that level and in the positions and the situations that they're getting dropped into, that it's not about just having the most talented individual. It's about having the best well-equipped team to be able to accomplish whatever their, their mission is. And so that, that's, a, that's the, that, the next thing that they look for. The, those who work best in a team environment who show true love and care for their brothers because they understand um, that, that they don't get sent into combat solo, but they get sent as a squad, right? And so every member of that elite squad needs to, be able to, needs to know and be able to trust 100% that all of their brothers around them are, going, are, are willing to do whatever is necessary to protect his team and to accomplish the mission, to do what is necessary. And anyone who doesn't show this ability, even if they are physically the best, mentally the strongest, if they, if they fail in this aspect, they're cut from the thing immediately because they understand that it's not about the individual, it's about the, the team working together to achieve the mission that they've been set on. So, so that, 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 that's how I look at it for, for, for us as well. You know, we're, we're an elite squad, right, in, in, in God's army. But why not? But we need to be able to trust each other and rely on each other. If, if, if I'm struggling and I've got stuff that I'm trying to deal with, hey, Charlie, man, can, can we catch up again because I need, I need help with this? Or, hey, Jesse, can we catch up with this? You know, we need to be able to have that sort of relationship where we take care of each other and we can trust that each person has each other's best intentions and best interests at heart, Okay. So, so not only do we need to place our trust in God and his strength and his power in this war that we wage, but we also need to make sure we surround ourselves with like-minded people who we know will have our backs as we work together in service to God and for the glory of his kingdom. Okay, so now that we have this understanding of war and this, this picture of war. When you get back to what God has been saying and showing me this week, put it in his hands. So... Uh, for me, I just find this, this incredible comfort in the idea that we don't have to worry about whether or not we have the strength or the natural ability to achieve what God wants to be done. That it doesn't actually matter how physically strong or mentally strong I am myself because I rely upon God's strength to do what he's called me to do. And, and that, that our part in God's plan, our part in the battle, our part in the war, is simply to put ourselves in the hands of God and allow Him to do the supernatural that we are in fact completely unable to do. Let's see, that, that's another thing that, that we need to understand, that it's a supernatural war, right? And we as humans don't have any supernatural power. So how are we supposed to fight this war with the supernatural power of God at work in us? Okay, so it's not it's not dependent upon our strength or our ability in it ever. It's only dependent on the God in in, in whom we trust. And when we put ourselves in His hands and position ourselves in in in, in His hands, He does the work, and we just outwork whatever it is here on earth, 
Okay, and, and, and in the same way, like we, we put our worries, we put our needs, we put our desires, we put our hopes into the hands of God. As he is the one who performs the miracle, we just get to outwork it. Okay, so uh, I want to show you this in Scripture now. So, so Mark chapter 6, we're going to look at, at two, uh, two stories in Mark. So this first one in Mark chapter 6 is, um, is where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Uh, in the wilderness, and then we're going to go down to Mark chapter 8, and it's another story where Jesus feeds 4,000 in the wilderness. So two, uh, two, two times recorded in Scripture where Jesus does this very similar miracle. And I just want to show you that just how it works, because this is what really jumped out to me this week. So Mark chapter 6, uh, 37 to 42. So uh, Jesus is in the wilderness with his disciples and this great crowd has gathered to come and listen to, to Jesus uh, preach. The, the, the day has gone long and now it's time for everyone to kind of go home, but it's a long journey back, back to their homes. And so the disciples are worried about um, uh, how are we going to feed all of these people? So this is where we pick up. And Jesus answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But Jesus, but Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and fifties. Okay. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, this is Jesus, when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all so that they all ate and were filled. So notice that, 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 that they, they get the five loaves and the two fish, they collect it and they come and they put it in the hands of Jesus. And he lifts it before heaven, blesses it, breaks it, gives it back to the disciples to then go and distribute to the crowd. Okay? Then in Mark chapter 8, verse 4 to 8, same, uh, very similar situation. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them again, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So again, he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves, Jesus took the seven loaves, gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And, and they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish and having blessed them, he said to them to also set them before them. So they ate and were filled and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. So in both of these miracles, in both of these stories, where, where there is a great need, and the resources available are totally and completely inadequate, okay? there is no way that, 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 that what they have in, in the natural could, could, could feed the amount of people that were there. But in both, in both stories, in both circumstances, Jesus says, bring, bring the inadequate uh, amount that you have and I will take it into my hands. And it says they, they give it into Jesus' hands and he lifts it up and he blesses it. He breaks it and then he puts it back in the hands of his disciples. But what, what, what was Jesus' game plan in this? Right? He's saying, put it in my hands. He, he's not just saying, go, he's not just saying go, go and grab the loaves and you break them and just go and feed everyone. He's saying, take it. Bring it to me, put it in my hands, let me do the miracle, and then I'm going to give it back to you, and you will outwork the miracle to the crowd. The, the, the miracle happens in the hands of Jesus, but it's outworked by the disciples as Jesus gives it back to them. But in both circumstances, in both of these stories, Jesus says, bring it to me and put it in my hands. 
right? It, it's it, it totally inadequate resources. Jesus says, give it into my hands, that which needs to be blessed. And so the miracle, the blessing and the supernatural happened in the hands of Jesus, but the disciples are the one who distributed the miracles. He performed it. They outworked it. He performed the miracle. The disciples outworked the miracle. And in the same way for us, we need to realize that we do not have the available resources, okay? And that's, that's okay. Because it's when we don't have the available resources that we learn to trust and rely on the supernatural power of God to take hold and do what needs to be done. In fact, if we had the available resources, then it wouldn't be supernatural and it wouldn't be a miracle. If they had had enough loaves and enough fish to feed them that day, there would be no need for the supernatural power and the outworking of God to happen. But because what they had in the natural was inadequate and they didn't have enough and they didn't have what was required, Jesus uh, understood that the only way to achieve the desired result was an outpouring the supernatural power of God. And so this is how we need to look at and understand our lives. When we don't have enough, when we, when we don't think there's enough to get by, when we look at a situation and see that there's no, uh, f- there's no feasible way for us to overcome this situation, that's actually a good thing because that means that we can then rely on the supernatural hand and the power of God to come and be outworked in that situation. So what do we need to do? We don't hold on to it ourselves and we, we don't hold it in our hands and say, God, I don't know what to do with this thing. I don't know what to do with this situation. I, I don't know what to do. Lord, I, 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 I don't have enough and I can't see how this is, is going to be changed. And that's what we do. We hold on to it and say, God, this thing that I'm holding in my hands, this thing, I, I need you to do something something about it. And God's just saying, well, I want you to put it in my hands first, because that's where the supernatural power is. That's where the miracle happens in the hand of God. And he takes it and he, and, and he, and he does the supernatural. And then he, put it, he puts it back in, in your hands. And he says, look at what I've done. Just like he did with the disciples in these stories. He took the resources that couldn't do the job and, and he did the supernatural work and he gave it back to him and said, look at it. Now it's enough because the supernatural power had been outworked in it. Okay? So this is what we need to realize. It's the same for us in whatever we're facing. It's the same for us as a church. Okay? We, don't have, we don't have everything that we need to, to change this community. For the gospel of Jesus. We, we, we don't. We know the truth. And we've experienced the love of God. And, and that, that's why we're here. But we don't have enough in and of ourselves in the natural. To do what needs to be done in this community. But when we become willing to, to stop holding on to it in our hands. And say, God, what am I supposed to do with this? And Jesus is like, just put it in my hands. And he'll do something supernatural. And then he'll give it back to us and say, now go and outwork it. Give it to them. Do what needs to be done. But it, it happens in his hands. Okay. So by, by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is, this is how it happens. When we place ourselves in his hands, when, when we place the needs in his hands and allow ourselves to be filled by the Holy Spirit and deny ourselves so that we are not filled with the things of the world. God performs the miracles and the wondrous things because he is the only one who has the supernatural power and ability to make the impossible possible. And we simply get to outwork them in the world. Uh, Isaiah 64.8 says, but, but now, O Lord, you our Father, we are the clay and, and you our potter and all 
we are the work of your hand. All, all, all we are is the work of God's hand. We don't have the power, but the power is in his hands to transform, to create, to make new, to do whatever needs to be done. And so we've we got to be willing to let go of what we're holding close and, and struggling with and trying to deal with in, in, in our own strength or holding it and saying, God, can you do something with this? He's saying, put it in my hands. You know, I, I, I didn't put any of these in my notes, but I knew, I knew that I should have. There's, there's countless references, right, especially throughout the, uh, the Old Testament through the books of the prophets and even through Psalms. There's heaps of references where God says something, and I'm going to paraphrase a lot of these because I don't have them written down, but where God says something along the lines of, and when you, my people, are in my hand, or he says, allow my hand to work for you. And it's, when it's talking about wars and it's talking about, uh, talking about battles, God says, and my mighty right hand will go before you. And, and continually, God, God talks about this. He says, my people who are in my hands and the sheep who are in my hands. It, it, it continually refers to the powerful and the mighty hands of God throughout the Old Testament and through the prophets and through Psalms. Time and time again, God says, in my hand, in my hands, by my right hand, I will do this. By my powerful right hand. I will do this. I will outwork that. I will overcome this nation. I will win this battle. I will take care of my people by the power of my hand. Right? He, he, he's been saying it all along. It's all through the scriptures that the power is in his hands. And we are simply clay that, that he is molded and that he is formed and that he has breathed life into who have no power of our own other than the power that God pours into us because he is the almighty one and he is the creator. And so we need to to stop relying upon ourselves and realize that I don't have what it takes to do what needs to be done to outwork the plan of God, but He has it for me. And all I need to do is take what He's given me and put it into His hands because that's where the victory is and that's where the power is. That's where the redemption is. That, that's, where our, that, 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 that's where God wants us to be in His hands. Put it in His hands. Like it's... It's, it's so simple, but I just I feel so strongly that that's what God is saying to us. Just put it in His hands. So all we need to do is put it in His hands, place ourselves in His hands, because that is where the power and the ability comes from. It doesn't belong to us. He performs it, and we outwork it. And I just want to encourage you that the safest place for you to be is in the hand of God. The safest place for you to be is in the hand of God. The best place for your circumstances and your worries and your struggles and your pains to be is in the hands of God because time and time again through his scriptures, he says that that's where the power is. That's where the healing is. That's where the strength is. That's where the abundance is. And that's where the victory is. In his hands. And so I, I just want to encourage you guys as a church that, that, that I feel this is, this is where God is leading us and taking us. That he, does, he wants us to stop worrying about how we're going to make something happen. Even if it's something he's told you to do and, and you feel strongly about it, right? He, he's not calling you to do it with your own resources and your own effort and your own energy. He's saying, all right, 
put it in my hands. I'll empower it. I'll do the supernatural thing and I'll give it back to you and say, here, just, just outwork it. Just go with it. Here's, here's what you need. It's yours now. Go for it. Just put it in his hands. Like Michael Jordan, just put it in his hands. He'll do the half-court stretch. He'll make the impossible possible. And we just get to outwork it. What a privilege and what a blessing and what an honor it is to, to be used by God in that way. I, 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 I love it. Because it doesn't matter how inadequate I feel in any moment doesn't matter because my God is more than adequate and as long as I put it in his hands he does the rest so that's that's where I feel we're at we, we understand the Holy Spirit we understand that he is a source of power and now we have a game plan put it in his hands let him do it let him take care of it let's just pray Father God Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done for us in our lives. We thank you that you are more than sufficient, that your grace is more than sufficient for us, that your love is is never-ending towards us, Father God. And we thank you that you have called us out of sin, that you have called us out of death, and you have called us out of darkness. And place this in your hands, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that right now that you would make each of us aware of anything in our lives that we haven't put into your hands. Lord, any situation, any struggle, any need that we've been holding on to, fighting for, and even breaking ourselves over, Lord God, that that you would show us and that we would just put it into your hands, Lord God, and trust you and trust your power to do what needs to be done. Lord, we accept that we are powerless without you. Lord, that that we are nothing but but clay in your hands to be molded by you. Lord, we are are nothing but a, a vessel that you have created through who you want to outwork your power. So, Lord, I just pray that you would make us aware of the things that we've been holding on to and help us to get to the place, Lord, where we put it in your hands. And, Lord, we thank you for the plans that you have for Cobram. We thank you for the plans that you have for this church. We thank you for the things that you're doing uh, through Ignite Life over in Uganda, up in the Gold Coast and Yarrawonga, Lord God. We thank you that we are a part of something that is so much bigger than what is just happening here, Lord God, and, and, and that we get to celebrate the victories that all these other churches have, Lord God because we, we are one in you. And Lord, I, I just thank you for what you've, 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 you've shown us today. Lord, help us to, to take it home and, and to remember it and to put this game plan into action, Lord God. And thank you for making it so simple. Lord, put it in your hands. 
Father, we love you and we worship you and we thank you for today. I pray that you would encourage everyone throughout this week, Lord, that, that you would just uplift us in our struggles and in our worries, Lord God, and that we would see you move and your power be outworked in and through our lives this week, Lord God, not just in, in this building, but in our workplaces, in our schools, wherever we are, whatever we're, where we're doing, Holy Spirit, that your power in us would be outworked to bring glory to you and to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.